listening and joining us for another episode of Black 13. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Candace here, y'all. Okay, so look, we know that folks are living their best lives right now, enjoying the holidays. So we decided we're going to change it up a bit and give you a special bonus episode of the podcast. This time, we're not quite spilling the tea, but instead we're encouraging you to just take a cute little small sip with us as we show you where it all got started. That's right. We are sharing our very first pass at Black 13, which all started, believe it or not, with a simple phone conversation with Ryan and me, Candace. So you'll notice that some things have changed since then, like me being militantly single at the time to now being disgustingly in love and boot up, um, while other things have stayed the same, like Ryan being the voice of reason who keeps this ship afloat while I'm out here just doing the most while also doing the least. So yeah, take a quick sip, catch up on all, on old episodes during this time, and please, please, please share with your friends. We're releasing this special bonus in two parts this week and next, and we're coming back to you with exciting new episodes starting mid-January. You'll also notice at that time that we've made some exciting changes to the podcast, including now being available on some of your favorite podcast platforms. So enjoy this episode. Take this small sip with us, catch up on old episodes, and then look out for new ones coming in just a couple of weeks. Happy holidays to you from the Black 13. This broadcast can go for eight hours. Hell to the now. Okay. One way to start this off is to start with Candace's journey. She actually wrote a reflection on her 30th birthday, uh, something that she was vulnerable enough to write and to share with me and is going to share with us if you're willing, Candice. Yeah, as Ryan shared, I did some journaling around my my 30th. And um, yeah, so this is the one that was on my 30th birthday. I actually have not read this since then. So it's been three months. So I'm going to be just as surprised as you all. So let's, let's see where my head was at at the time. Let's listen. All right. So it says, today is the day, the big 3-0. Honestly, it's been a bit crappy, but I worry that's because of my own inflexibility rather than there being this horribleness. Uh, that's not a word, but fuck it, it is now. <laughs> keep going, just keep going. When we're journaling, we oh, that's like literally what I wrote. I'm a, I'm a mess. Okay. okay, that's cool. All right. Um, okay, so I said, as an unapologetic follower of Ayama, I'm really liking her advice. Uh, from one episode. Uh, and the purpose it says here to have purpose for your tears. Hmm. Mm. Unfortunately, these past 24 hours have involved lots of tears, but perhaps I'm stumbling upon that purpose. Mm. Maybe these tears are cleansing, cleansing out old expectations of what I thought it would be, of what I thought I would see and do and be by 30. Cleansing of expectations for what others will and will not want me to be. Cleansing to walk away. Cleansing to, sorry, cleansing to wash away the fog of uncertainty about which relationships to grow, claim, maintain, downgrade, or fully discard. But perhaps the cleansing will also wash me anew, an internal baptism of sorts. Mm -hmm. My eyes are open, my heart is hurt, but still it's whole. My soul is ready for what's next. Okay, 30, make me your canvas. 
All right. So there was a lot of conflict there. I'm like, what was I going through? That was beautiful. I'm touched. Not like a young one touches everybody and, you know, brings them into her bosom. Well, kind Come of like that. But I was really touched, you know, deep. And okay. I was. No, and really, and I think, and we've talked a lot about this, but, you know, we are at different stages. You, like you said, you're single. I'm married. We're both in media space, but you're... Um, trying to figure out your career in media, you know, post uh, business school eventually. And I've been in media for a while, but still, you know, and like you said, I had a, a vision, but you always think that, you know, I should be doing more, you know, and I think that's what I understand from, you know, my experience turning 30 from others, from you, is that we think at 30, we were supposed to cross some thresholds that all of the ideas and the dreams that we had in our teens and our 20s, we're supposed to have happened by the year three zero or supposed to be in line to happen very soon. And uh, there is some internal struggle when you realize, oh, I'm much further from, from that than I thought that I was. And um, that's that's a struggle that a lot of us are, are dealing with. Yeah. And it's so interesting because honestly, I'm not even sure that I had the tools at that time to create that vision of what 30 was supposed to look like. Exactly. You know what I mean? What was I grasping at? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, definitely I thought I was going to be married. Um, Mm. And it's shocking that I'm not married and I'm very happy about that. Right. Mm. I don't, I don't actually don't think it would be right for my life right now for me to be married. Um, you know, I expected that I probably would have stayed in more traditional corporate America. And honestly, I discarded anything that was closer to a creative space as being feasible. Right. I thought I wasn't going to be able to support myself financially. I thought that it was, frankly, pretty careless if I were to choose that path, just recognizing the types of sacrifices that people made in order for me to go to a place like Stanford, in order for me to have these opportunities. You're right. Um, so really, it wasn't until... I went to business school and I saw other people shooting their shots in things that seemed outlandish as hell. And I was like, well, why not me? Like, I've always been really interested in this. And, you know, I actually think that when I was seeing the convergence of technology and media, I was like, definitely, why not me? Like, I have these tool sets. I wouldn't have been able to envision that for myself at 2021. I wouldn't have known that. I couldn't have foreseen that these things were going to happen in the industry. I couldn't have foreseen that these things were going to happen with me or that, you know, so much of now how I want to lead my life is dependent on me not having to answer to anybody. So that means my relationships mm-hmm. have to look a lot different. Maps there. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's just so interesting, like having to reevaluate and like discard a lot of what I thought my life was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, even some relationships, yes. not romantic. Yes. Those like ones that used and to we be talked about that. Girl, yeah. you go on with that because listen, <laughs> we can go there because, and of course, romantic relationships are a, a whole separate topic. But I think I was most shocked by how different my familial relationships are and my friendships are at 30. Um, some just geographically, you're much further away than you were before. So how do you maintain that? And we are at different stages in our lives. So how do you stay committed to a friend um, who may not fully understand where you are in your life mm-hmm. and may not respect it? Or maybe reverse, you may not fully respect where they are. 
Um, and that's just, you know, something that I have to understand too, that you think, oh, I'm busy and I have all this stuff to do. You know, she, she or he should understand me, but you know, I need to be more understanding of that person too. Um, and you know, there's, there's a reckoning with that. Um, it's, and there's it's, so much misunderstanding, right? Yeah. Like I feel like, you know, for our group of friends, yes, like for people I feel, felt were like in my immediate tribe, mm-hmm. you know, the, the marriages were a key turning point for me. Absolutely. And I think that's the way that I view marriage. Like I do view marriage as truly the bonding of those two people as a unit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I engaged with you all after you got married a lot differently because I felt like there was something sacred that I shouldn't touch. Yes. Right. So I found myself like having pause if I wanted to reach out. I was like, nah, that might be a little late. Like they probably need to, you know, be their unit in this, time, you know, or, um, you know, times that I needed support. I was like, no, you know, I need to reach out to my single friends because they don't have that attachment right. to another person. Like they already, their plate is already full with other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, you know, I think some of it also inspired some self-reflection and maybe guilt. Like, oh, well, if I need support, I should have had a husband to do that, right? Like I shouldn't be leaning on my friends to do that anymore because that was a that was a teenage thing. That was an early 20-something thing. If I'm older now, like I can't to support me in that way because the person who is supposed to do that is supposed to be my spouse, which I know I don't really want. So I know for me, like that inspired a lot of internal conflict of like, well, the world's telling me I'm supposed to have some Negro to do this. <laughs> no, honestly, like this, this is actually something I think I still struggle with is mm-hmm. that I think where I'm supposed to get the support is actually a source that to date to me has looked like nothing but a dependent. And so I'm very weary to add like a romantic partner in my life yes. because I think it's going to add more to my plate rather than being helpful. And then where I do want the help, which is mainly my platonic relationships, primarily with like my close tribe of women friends, I don't always feel as comfortable doing so because I think that if we look at your prior, prior like prioritization of your relationships, that rightfully so, your relationship with me should probably be lower on that rung now. So it's just confusing. It is. It's confusing. But I will say on the other side of that, I completely understand. And you're right. Now that I am married, you know, my marriage is number one. That is my top priority, you know, and now I'm married with a child. So that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But I will say that when your friends respond to that, and as you said, out of respect, but when everyone kind of starts to fade away, it feels like an abandonment. And so I would say that was something else that I didn't expect because like you said, when you have a partner and you have a romantic partner and uh, you do depend on them for that support and for that guidance and you are this unit, um, that does not, though, take away the fact that you are yourself a woman and an individual and you need those girlfriends and those um, friendships to sustain you and to um, make you even better, or make you an even better wife and an even better mother. And so I think it's having to figure out with your friends um, the best ways to be respectful and those boundaries, but ways that... Um, you know, are healthy for both of you because, you know, just because that person is married doesn't mean that they um, don't want to engage or don't want to be um, someone you can rely on for support as you were before. It may look different. And that's, that's the thing too. I think we're learning at 30 things that we thought were going to look one way, look another way. And it's, you know, it's the morning of the dream, right? That that 
or the morning of the idea of what was supposed to happen. You have to let that die. But embracing what it is and figuring out, um, you know, what are the boundaries and what what is what is this new image of, of how our relationship is going to work? Can I be honest with you? Absolutely. When you said morning of the dream, then it made me think of a grave, which then made me think of Morris Chestnut and the best man holiday. And, oh, and, and then when Tay Diggs ran over there? And then when, when Morris broke down, I was like, oh. he could get it. Like, there's just something about seeing him break down at that grave. But I you was know like, his wife had just died, right? Need a stepmama, right? Oh, Here's okay. but, oh but it's too soon because mama told me we got to be that fit. Was being lowered in the ground, so oh, right, she wasn't even all the way. Yeah, was like, yeah. but okay. yeah, no, but you're uh, you're totally right. You know, yeah. I just I always tie it back to a black movie, no matter. What. Well, we can do that. You know, both of us can do that all day. <laughs> so you're the only person in the world who I know who owns who ate the potato salad. That's a whole other topic. But, um, yeah. it's who made the potato salad. Whatever. No, it's very important. Jalil White did not stay in his seat on the bus for us to disrespect the movie that he put out there for us. I just want to throw that out. This is also an example that even though we're 30, some things never change. I think we'll be talking about this movie at 80. You You know, know things are different, but some things (laughs) are just older. And there you have it. Thanks for joining us for part one of the Black 13 bonus episode. Next week, we're picking up the conversation where we share some of the hilarious and surprising things that have changed with us since we turned 30. You don't want to miss this one. It is an absolute mess. But until then, happy holidays to you. And again, thank you for joining us and spilling the tea, or in this case, taking a small sip with the Black 13. Happy holidays, everyone.